want to welcome everybody today and welcome everybody who's joining us online. I want to ask everyone just to remain standing for a couple more minutes. And we're just going to read the scripture today, which is going to be our text that we're going to be diving into. If you've got your Bibles, I would like you to go ahead and grab them and pull out your phones. If you've got your Bible on your phone and uh, we can bring the house lights up just a little bit so people can read. And we're going to go to Luke chapter five. Luke chapter five, and, and we're, we're gonna read as an, an account of some men who were invited to give Jesus all the glory. They were invited into God's story. And what they received in return was amazing. My Bible titles this passage, just the first disciples. Luke chapter five, we're gonna start reading right in verse one. It says, one day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to God's word. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge. For the fishermen, they had left them and they, they were washing their nets. Verse three, Jesus comes along. It says, stepping into the boat, Jesus asked Simon, Simon, his owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and he taught the crowds from there. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we've worked hard all last night and we didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. And this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout of help brought their partners in the other boat and soon both boats were filled with fish and they were on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and he said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, they were also amazed. Then Jesus, he said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and they followed Jesus. As soon as they landed, they left everything and they followed Jesus. The title of the message that we're gonna be talking about today is Drop Your Nets. Because Jesus, he's worth following. Drop your nets, it's an invitation today. I want you to go ahead and you can be seated, but as you do, I want you to turn to somebody and why don't you ask them this? Say, are you still fishing or are you following? Are you still fishing or are you following? Thank you, band. Thank you, band. Woo. Amen. Are you guys doing good? Wow. You know what I love? I love being a Christian. 
I love being a Christian. Is anybody else with me this morning? I sure hope so, because you are going somewhere you don't want to go before Jesus, right? So you should love being a Christian. I love being a Christian. I can tell you that if you knew me before I was at that place on, on my shore, and when Jesus called me to drop my nets, I tell you, uh, my life was a mess. My wet life was a mess. It, it was, I, I, I knew empty nets. I knew what empty boats felt like, but man, Jesus, man, when you, when you say yes to follow Jesus, he will fill your life with good things, with life. I love being a Christian. You know what else I love? I love church. Anybody else love church? You guys better be awake today. I hope you had your second cup of coffee. 11 o'clock, y'all have more time to go to Starbucks today. And, uh, but I love church. And if you're a part of MCC, you should love church. You should love this church. And they're not paying me to say that, okay? They didn't pay me to say that even though I'm currently on staff. Um, I say that I love church and I love this church because I've been here my whole life. And this place is amazing. This place is amazing. This place is blessed. God's spirit is in this house and uh, lives are changed and people go from this place and change lives. I love church. I love church events. Yeah, I'm really bummed that we don't have some things and then we got Amy and Christy. I'm, are you, Amy, are you bummed that we don't have FX? I'm just bummed that we don't have SX, but I'm excited because one day we're gonna have FX again. We're gonna have fall festival where we can play our honky tonk country worship again, right? Hey, Amen. we love that uh, bluegrass worship. I love church events, fellowship, roasting hot dogs with you guys and, and playing games. I love Christian music. Anybody enjoy Christian music? Something that's just uplifting, it's clean, you know, it, it just brings some life. I love worship. I tell you what, I'm, I'm so grateful for our band. Are you guys grateful for our worship band, the teams here? I tell you, if you just go, go to another church for a little while and, and you can hear real quick how blessed we are. Uh, we've got, sometimes, some churches it's just painful. It's like, oh Lord, a joyful noise for sure. But uh, we are blessed. And then after all these things that we get to enjoy, we get to go to heaven together and we get to celebrate for eternity. It's good to be a follower of Jesus, right? There's some nets that are worth dropping and letting go. And I, I think with all these wonderful things that we enjoy, we could probably say, even, even with the, the challenging stuff that we face, it's, it's pretty easy being a Christian, right? I mean, if we're honest, it's pretty easy to be a Christian, to be a Jesus follower. I mean, that doesn't mean life is easy or, or we don't have bad days, but it's, it's easy, particularly in America, as you just look around at other believers and see what they have to face. You think, man, wow, it's easy to be a believer in, in America. We have so much freedom to enjoy and, 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 and things to, um, that, that are quite comfortable, Right? I, I love that. And I, I, when I'm being a little bit cynical, maybe about some of the conference we enjoy, I have this phrase. Um, it's kind of, uh, uh, we get to enjoy American comfortable coffeehouse Christianity, right? Coffeehouse Christianity. And I love it. I love going to Starbucks or my new place is uh, the Little Bean Cafe because they roast Blanchard's coffee there. And um, I go there and get my Bible out and, and or fellowship with a brother. I love it. Um, just the comfort in America. It's easy being a believer in Jesus. But the challenge is when it's easy to be a believer in Jesus, it's also easy to forget 
what we're actually called to, right? It's because it's so easy sometimes, it's easy to forget that of, of what Jesus actually said, hey, I want you to follow me into. And Jesus, he comes into our lives and, and we forget unless we spend time going back into the scriptures and really seeing what it means to be a Jesus follower, to what the full gospel really is, we forget that Jesus, he didn't call us to the comfort of the coffee house. He called us to the crucible of the cross. He called us to the cross. And it's so easy to forget that that Jesus calls us to this, this thing that demands sacrifice. The cross is a place of dying. The cross is a place of surrender and full submission and letting go. You could say this, we're talking, the title of this message is Dropping Your Nets. The cross is the ultimate dropping of the nets. But that is the gospel that Jesus is calling to. That's the calling that Jesus has on our life. He's saying, will you follow me? Will you count the cost to follow me where I'm going? And I'm going to the cross. And it is hard there. But he invites us into it. And the way that we are able to embrace the cross and follow Jesus the way that he asks us is that he showed us on the other side of the cross, there's life. There's resurrection life. If you want resurrection life, if you want eternal life, there's only one way to get it. And it's on the other side of the cross. But it's an invitation. It's an invitation to receive eternal life. And why does this matter today? This matters because in this story, there was a crowd, right? There's a crowd. They were pressing in. They were hungry for God's word. They were desperate to see heaven move in their life. They were empty and hungry. But then there was a couple of guys, they were busy washing their nets, right? They had been out working all night. They were, they were being faithful. They were, they were living life. They were trying to provide for their family. They were, you know, they had been out there doing what you should do. And the world is going to miss the Savior because they're too busy washing their nets. Many, many people, many believers in churches, without realizing it, they're going to miss the Savior of the world because they're too busy washing their nets. Jesus is on their shore. He's inviting them into a story. His word is going forth, but many are on the shore just busy washing their nets. That's why it matters. The Bible says, Jesus said it like this, in the last days before he comes would be like the days of Noah. Men and women will be living life, eating and drinking and getting married, just enjoying life in the world, enjoying the American dream. And before they know it, Jesus is going to return. And they're going to be caught off guard, washing their nets. Did you notice in this passage that Peter himself, and Peter's one of our heroes, right? He's one of our heroes in the faith. He, he, he did amazing things for God and his kingdom. But in this story, when Jesus comes, where was Peter? He was washing his nets, right? 
Peter was the one who had been out. He was the one that had been working to try to provide. And no doubt he's tired. He's been out all night. And it says that they didn't catch anything. So now life's pressure on Peter is even that much stronger, right? You ever go to work or you have a job and, and, you, and, and you, you went out there and you gave your all and you had nothing to show for it? You had to do it again? So Peter's there, he's got empty nets, and now the pressure of life is that much stronger coming down on him to feed his family. And in that day at work, he's washing his nets, and something peculiar happened that day at his office. That was his workplace, right? That was where Peter was day in and day out. And here comes this crowd coming down Peter's shore. He had probably washed his nets on that shore and tidied up his boat day in and day out. But this day, Jesus comes walking down the shore. And there's a crowd pressing in. But did you notice that Peter, James, and John, they didn't get up and go join the crowd. Hey, it's Jesus. You know what? Let's, let's get with Jesus. It says that they were washing their nets. And I just wonder about Peter and the pressures of, of, of providing for his family and the pressures of life. If Peter was sitting there washing his nets, feeling discouraged, feeling hopeless, feeling exhausted, and he's washing his nets and he sees Jesus coming and he keeps washing and Jesus comes along and steps into his boat. Peter, I can imagine saying, okay, yeah, that's, that's fine, Jesus. Yeah, you, you know what? I wish I had time to get involved with what you're doing. This looks amazing, but man, I got a family to feed. I got a house to take care of. I got a car that needs repairing and I've got to, I've got to get a catch. I would love to get involved with what you're doing, Jesus, but I got too much pressure on me right now in life. But you can use my boat. You can use my boat, but I got some nets to wash and mend. You know what, Jesus, I'll catch you later on the YouTube Sunday afternoon when I've got time, All right? I'll listen to the Jesus preaching podcast on Tuesday if I get time, if I can get that catch. But Jesus comes along and he invites Peter into a new story. He says, Peter, I've got a new work for you to do. It's an invitation. And Peter's yes in that moment, we, as we read, Peter obeyed reluctantly to say yes to Jesus. And that yes, as hard as it was, changed Peter's life forever. And it changed the world around him. Growing up here in Hanover, um, being a good Hanoverian boy, uh, I loved fishing. Growing up, anybody else love fishing? Any guys in the room love fishing, going out and uh, throwing a line? I loved fishing. And in fact, um, I did not do very well in, in algebra or math class at, at Lee Davis. Um, I, 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 did, I failed those classes because I spent all of math class looking at my fishing magazines. That's a true story. <laughs> and uh, because I was just dreaming for that bell to ring, because when that bell rang, man, I'm going fishing. I'm going to go catch me some fish. And uh, I loved it. So much of my childhood memory around here involved hunting and fishing, getting out with my buddies and uh, having good times. But uh, have you ever had one of those, uh, you know, those summer days? It's just so hot and muggy. You don't want to do anything. 
Like you don't want to go out. You don't want to, you're not even interested in fishing because it is so nasty and muggy out. Well, one of those, this was one of those days and I was, uh, I was at home upstairs in my shorts, enjoying the AC, just saying, man, I'm just, I'm just going to enjoy this lazy summer day. And, um, come, uh, come knocking on my door was a couple of my buddies and we would do that. We would go around town. We just kind of walk from house to house and uh, hang out and get into trouble and do stuff, go fishing. And they knocked on my door and they said, hey, Brandon, come on out. We're going fishing. We're going to go down to the pond. Why don't you come on and go with us? And um, I'm like, eh, guys, I don't think so. It, it's too hot. Yeah, it's a muggy. And I love fishing, but not today. I'm just feeling lazy. And they're like, come on, Brandon, come on with us. And uh, look, we've even got a fishing pole. We got, got, you, you can be so lazy, you don't even have to go get your own fishing pole. We already got an extra one. Come on with us. So I finally, reluctantly, kind of like Peter, said, all right, fine, I'll go with you. So we went down to the fishing hole, walked down long driveway to the pond. We're throwing our line. We're throwing in some plastic worms. And I'm there sweating. You know, I'm just kind of appeasing my friends. I don't want to be there. And uh, using one of their pole, and I throw, I'm up in this cove, and I throw the line out into this one part, and um, there's some logs around there, and I'm pulling it in, and then I'm, I'm hung on a log. That's the worst, right? Got fishermen, know, and that, that's like, you ever have been on one of them fishing trips where you're just not having fun? You know, I'm hot, here I am, hot and muggy, and I'm hung on this log, and I'm, I'm pulling on this log, trying to save my, save my line, and all of a sudden, the log, as I'm pulling on it, starts moving. Like, what? What? what I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of weirded out a little bit. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm just moving the log. And all of a sudden, as I'm pulling on this log, this big old largemouth bass goes and jumps out of the water. And all my friends were like, oh, my word, this is amazing. Like, don't lose this. And, and, and I reeled it in and was able to get this largemouth bass out of the water. And it's the biggest fish that I've ever caught. How many of you know my friends, they were not so happy that they invited me now? You know, because I'm the one that caught the fish. And they're like, you know what, that was my rod that you caught that on. So that, was, that fish belongs to me. I said, all right, see you later, fellas. I'm going back to the house. I, I took them back and put them in some water and ended up getting that, uh, taking that fish to the taxidermy and getting them mounted. He's on my wall. Um, that was the biggest fish that I ever caught. And it started with an invitation. You know, I believe today that God is inviting us into something bigger. Friend, God is inviting you to something bigger than your life right now. He has a big catch for you. And he comes along and he's knocking on your door and he's saying, will you come? Will you come? Will you obey? Are you willing to obey because I have a catch for you. Luke um, chapter five, verse four says this. When Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let the nets down for a catch. Let the nets down for the catch. If we want to catch what God has for us, we must understand this, that dropping our nets requires going deeper. If you want to catch all that God has for you in your life, you need to understand that dropping your nets requires going 
deeper in the Lord, going deeper with him. And it requires work to go deeper, doesn't it? You've got to push out. There's a pressing out. And Peter, he was tired. He was hot. He was just ready to go home. But he chose to push out and to go deeper where the Lord was calling him. You know, one thing about the shallows of the shore, it feels safer, right? It feels safer on the shore. But the only problem with the safety of the shore is that there's no fish there, right? You can have your nets. They can, be, they can be all strung up real beautiful. They can be clean. They can be folded really nice and neat. But there's no fish there. There's no life there. God is calling us out into the deep. Jesus is calling us there. You see, those who are satisfied with the shallows of the shore will only have empty nets. Only have empty nets. couple areas I believe that the Lord wants us to go deeper as followers is number one, God wants us to go deeper into his word. Amen. We are living in days now that a three paragraph, three minute devotional is not going to do. You know, we, we read us a little utmost for his highest to kind of get a little spiritual tinge, you know, a little, little flutter of the spirit, a little flutter of hope and something happy. We are living in days where that is not going to do, friend. Only those who go deep into God's word to discover the depths of who he is will understand who he is and be able to stand. Jesus used this parable about the sower of the seed. And, and one of the, the soils where, where the seed, which represents the kingdom and God's work, one of the, the soils was the shallow soil. And it says that, that, where, that where the seed fell on the shallow ground, it was quick to sp- sprout up. But when the heat came, there was no root. There was no root. And so it withered up and it died. Make sure that your life is not in the shallows. Make sure that you're taking time to push out into the deep of God's word and really understand who it is that you're following. The second area that God wants us to go deeper in is deeper in worship. Deeper in worship. I know that there's many here who are hungry for those breakthrough moments. Don't you just love those when you're in worship and you're, you're pressing in and the spirit begins to move and then you, you just press into that, that deeper place and all of a sudden the, the spirit of God brings revelation of his heart, of his goodness. It's amazing. But so many are gonna be left on the shore with empty nets because they're only willing to stay in the shallows singing songs. Jesus is calling us out. David used this phrase like this, and David, King David, was one of the most amazing worshipers. He said, he said, deep cries out to deep, 
And what he's talking about, there's something deep inside of me and in the depths of my being that God is calling me out. And I've got to, I've got to go deep to, to pour that out to God and, and lay before God to drop all nets and give my all to him because he's worthy of it all. And in that moment, God gives all back the depths of his heart. Does God see the fullness of your heart and the depths of who you are when we gather to sing songs? If not, I would say this morning, go deeper. God is calling you to go deeper in worship. I was sitting here this morning and, and, and I was thinking many times, I, I think some of my f- most favorite places. This morning I was at the park just walking with Jesus. I love church and I love gathering together, but let me tell you, there's nothing better than the secret place. I love being in my bedroom when no one's out or around. You know why? Because that's where it's just me and Jesus. It's not just church and, and, and doing the thing. No, it's a, it's a real relationship where, man, I can just pour out my heart to him and he goes deep inside of me. We have to live in that place and find that place if we're ever gonna catch all that God has for us. But it requires dropping some nets. Let going, letting go of some of those things that are holding you back. It's comfortable, isn't it? It's comfortable to come in and sing. We're so used to holding these nets that we depend on. God is calling us deeper. And in the next area, God is calling us deeper into awareness of his spirit. We've got to become more aware of his spirit. The next thing that we saw in this passage was that dropping your nets requires radical obedience, right? It, dropping your nets to fully follow Jesus requires a radical obedience. So in this story, who were the fishermen? Peter, right? Jesus wasn't the fisherman. Peter was the expert in this area, right? Peter was the guy who had been in the boat his whole life, the guy who knew the nets in and out. He probably had all kinds of tricks up his sleeve. He, he knew what he was doing. Peter was the fisherman who had been out fishing all night. Who knew whether or not there was fish there? Peter, right? Jesus had not been out fishing all night, had he? Jesus, just he probably slept the night before and walked down the beach. And here Peter is, he's saying, man, I'm the one who's been out here fishing, slaving. This is my expertise. I know what I'm doing. And Jesus comes along and and tells Peter, I want you to go back out and drop your nets for a catch. I wonder if Peter was thinking, who are you, rabbi? Like, you know, you come from the synagogue and you're gonna come out here and tell me what to do. No, I'm, I'm the authority here. I know what I'm doing. But to follow Jesus, we've got to understand that Jesus calls us into a radical obedience where we will lay down our intellect and in, in what we know and what we are the master of and follow him. You see, Jesus is saying, if you want to experience the supernatural, then you have to let go of the natural. But we're so bound to it because it's it's comfortable. 
It, this is what we know. This is, this is, we're supposed to be good, good Christians, right? Working hard and, 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 and learning the stuff. But Jesus is saying, no, you're, if you want to follow me, if you want me to fill your nets and your boats, then you're going to have to let go of some things. We're going into the days where the supernatural is about to be released on earth like never before. And those many believers are going to walk in it. I love that this morning we've got several people. We've got Chip here. We've got Micah, several who, who um, others I was just thinking about in the room who have dropped their nets. And they're seeing a harvest like crazy. God is moving. The supernatural is about to be released. And, and, and Jesus is inviting us saying, will you, will you drop your nets and follow me? And many are going to go with him and see great things but I'm scared about how many are gonna stay on the shore washing their nets. Empty nets. Luke 5, 5. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so. I don't get it, God. I'm working hard. and Now you're gonna ask me to do this? Man, I'm putting in all these hours, I'm, I'm giving, I'm serving, and now you're going to ask me to do that? But if you say so, I'll let down the nets for a catch. Do you know that every great Bible story that we read about started with God asking men and women to drop the nets of their understanding? Many believers believe that, you know what, if God calls me to it, then God's going to push the boat out, right? God, I'll go with you anywhere. You're worthy of it all. You're holy. You know, we're going for you. So, Lord, just push out the boat, and I'll go. And Jesus says, nope, that's not how it works. You push out the boat. You drop the net, and I'll fill it. You see, the Bible says that these signs will, will follow. It doesn't say these signs will proceed. As we are obedient, even when we don't understand, as we are obedient to go deeper, he will follow and fill the boats. Trading the natural for the supernatural. And finally this, dropping our nets requires faith to leave the fish and follow Jesus. You realize that like in this, in this story, um, in this story, let's see, read Luke 5.11. Yeah, let's read this first. Luke 5.11, so they pulled up their boats on shore. They left everything and they followed him. You realize that, that, that in this moment, like this was the moment when Peter, James, and John, like they hit the fishing jackpot, Right? And this was the fishing jackpot. And um, I think that, that Peter, he was probably excited about his new fishing buddy, right? Jesus was, was Peter's new fishing buddy. It's like, man, you are good luck. Uh, this is great. They've gone out and they've pulled in all of those fish. I'm, th- I'm thinking that Peter, he's probably, as they're filling the boat, uh, he's probably thinking, oh man, I cannot wait till we get these, all these fish in. You know, this morning I was discouraged, I was depressed, and now it looks like God is blessing this. 
God must be in this. He, he is. He, this is supernatural. You know, maybe God is blessing me because I let him use my boat. You know what? We got to get these fish in. We got to get them to the market. And I think Peter was probably excited by his paycheck that was coming, right? Let's be honest. He, he was probably excited about the paycheck. And he's saying, man, Jesus is here now. He's, he's in my boat. We're fishing together. I think Peter was probably thinking, well, we got to get these fish in and hey, the fishing's hot. Let's get back out there, right? Let's get back out there and catch some more. And, and they, they bring the boats in. They're getting all the fish out. They're loading up all the fish. Hey, Jesus, this was awesome. Wow. I, I never knew. This, Jesus, I'm so glad that you're, you're with us, that you, you've come and you, you, you did this amazing miracle. I can't wait to see what you do next. And he's, and he's talking to Jesus and he looks up and he, Jesus doesn't answer. He looks up and, and Jesus, he's walking down the shore. Wait a minute, Jesus, where are you going? It's like, you just got here. This is amazing. Why, why would we want to leave? This is, this is, God is blessing this moment. Jesus was walking down the shore. And in that moment, without saying anything, I believe that Jesus was asking Peter as he walked down the shore, Peter, are you going to drop your nets? Are you going to keep washing your nets? Or are you going to come with me and walk on water? Because if you want to walk on water, if you want to see the fullness of what God can do in your life, you're going to have to leave some things behind. You're going to have to go deep with me. You're going to have to let go of some things that you, you wanted understanding in and even some really good things that look like God was blessing. You're going to have to leave behind. This is quote by Charles Swindle. It says that your call will become clear as your mind is transformed by the reading of scripture and the internal work of God's spirit. The Lord never hides his will from us. In time, as you obey the call first to follow, your destiny will unfold before you. The difficulty will lie in keeping other concerns from diverting your attention. A.W. Tozier said, I am thy servant to do thy will. And that will is sweeter to me than position, riches, or fame. And I choose it above all things on earth or in heaven. What's your net this morning? What have you been hanging on to? That Jesus is on your shore today and he's inviting you into a new work, into something new. About a year ago, Jesus began to speak to to me and, and Faith and our family. And he began to ask us if we'd be willing to push out into some new waters. And so over the past year, we've been, 
been just listening to Jesus and saying, Lord, what are, you, what are you saying in that? And we've been walking this out with the leadership here about what God was calling the Balanced Family to in this next season. And so next Sunday is actually gonna be our last Sunday with you guys for a while here in Virginia. As we've continued to listen and say, Jesus, where, where are you going? Because where you go, I wanna go. And Jesus has asked us, he's saying, will you follow me to Fort Worth? And so we're about a week and a half, we're, we're dropping our nets to follow him where he's going. As we've asked him, <laughs> Jesus, well, what, what, are you, what are you calling us to? What do, you, what do you want us to do? Every time we seek the Lord on, and what he's asking for us, he, he just says this, drop your nets. Will you offer me your nets and let me fill them? And so a lot of people, <laughs> uh, you know, as we've been walking this out here over the last few months, have been wondering, you know, oh, hey, did Pastor Brandon get a job? He must have got another church out in Fort Worth to go work at. Uh, that's not the case. Jesus said, go. And there's a ministry there that we're gonna go and we're just gonna be like, like many of you guys, we're just gonna serve. Jesus said, I want you to go to Fort Worth and I want you to serve this church and see what I'm gonna do here. And so we've been faced with this decision over this past year. I've just preached my own sermon. You know, I've, as we've loved the past six years and, and the full nets that we've shared together, we've been partners in the boat together. And the Lord has filled many nets and done many wonderful things. But, but as we stand on the shore, as we, as we come into shore, we, we see Jesus walking down the shore. And so we're faced with this decision where we drop our nets and follow. It makes no sense, right? It's, it's pretty stupid to go somewhere without a job and follow Jesus like that. but I'm not satisfied with empty nets on the shore. I've got to go where he's going. You say, Brandon, well, what are you gonna do? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, do we, babe? We don't know, <laughs> we don't know. But every time we talk to Jesus, Jesus says, go, drop your nets and go. I don't know, but let me tell you what I know. Jesus always fills empty boats and nets that are offered to him. So it's easy. Faith, she doesn't like fish anyway. Follow Jesus much easier than fish. But this is, I want to invite you to join us. I want to invite you to join us. What? is the net that you need to drop to follow Jesus. What is it today that you're holding on to? That Jesus is saying, the time has come. I'm moving to new shores. Will you come with me? For some of you, it's joining a team. For some of you, it's going to your workplace and stepping out, going deeper and starting a Bible study in your workplace. In all of it, whether you stay here 
or whether you go, it's all for the king because he's worthy of it all.